<laughs> I don't know what happened to both of us just froze. <laughs> it's the same every single time we start this. I'm like, what do I do? Uh -huh. It's always that awkward. <laughs> Welcome to the Series Pod Podcast. I'm V and I'm Andrew. Get your favorite beverage ready and join our book club. And welcome back, dear friends, to another episode of the Series Pod Podcast, where we talk about book series. And in this instance, we are on our second book of the In Death series by J.D. Rob, Glory in Death. Mm -hmm. And as per usual, we're going to start with a summary. In this episode, we find out more information about. Whitney's wife. Rourke makes another big surprise for Eve. Ooh, another separation. Or maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> because so far all the big surprises have not gone down smoothly for him. Yeah, they're not being pleasant, have they? No, no, <laughs> no definitely not. Uh, we get more fun time with Mavis as the girls decide to get drunk one night. And we also get another victim. We do. A victim with a twist as well. Mm. Oh, yes. So let's get right into it. Chapter 10. Uh, we get Nadine and Eve at Eve's office doing a story piece to get more airtime. Yeah, but Nadine doesn't know that first. Like, she thinks this is a gift. She obviously knows something is going on. She's like, Eve would never do this. Yeah, so Nadine is... She doesn't know what she's trying to do at this point. We just know... Do we know what Eve is planning, or was that a suspense that I just ruined? Uh, she tells that she tells that at the end of like right. Oh well, yeah, she she tells kind of to she told that to Rourke, didn't she, in the previous episode? No, yeah, well, yeah, she told it to Rourke in the previous chapter, but she does actually tell Nadine at the end of it to get as much face time as possible. Yeah, so she does ask Nadine, uh, "How much air time can you get me?" And then at first, Nadine doesn't get the motive behind it and actually gets offended until it clicks. And then she is so shocked. Yeah. It shows that Nadine cares, though, which I thought was really sweet. Like, yeah. She was like, because Eve wanted cameras in, like, three different places. And she was like, why are you just getting doing this for money? And then she realizes, and she's like, you're putting a target on your back. Are you insane? Eve does warn Nadine to watch out for herself, too, uh, because she's obviously on air a lot of the times. So she's a... A big fish in the reporting world and she's a... She's a strong woman, yeah. And she didn't like being told that. I mean, I don't think you would either, but... Yeah, I mean, you know. We skip forward to after the event and the press conference that Eve asked Nadine to attend and film. So we see Eve and Rourke lounging at home after their fancy... Like a ball, I think it was. Yeah, because she was in a... Did, she, did it say she was in a three-piece suit? Sorry, one second, my cat is clawing the window! Stop it! <laughs> it said that she's what is left of a three-piece something. Then I don't think they were lounging. I think, you know, if what's left of a three-piece, that means that he's taken clothes. Do you know, I think if that was the case, she would have been completely naked. I think she got home and... Just undressed all the uncomfortable parts just, and then got oh, lazy. Oh, like, as you do after, like, work or uni, just dash some shit this way. Yeah, okay, fair Because enough, I think enough. if they were up to something, she would have been naked by then. I mean, he did grab her boobs, so... Yeah, but for him, that's mild, I feel like. <laughs> for a person <laughs> who has 
a bed rolling out of every single wall in his house. I feel like that's the least of it. You know what? Fair point. Fair point. Yeah. Um, they fall asleep and Rourke wakes Eve up, saying he has to go off planet again for a couple of days. Yeah, and she is not. She's like a bit upset by that. Well, not upset. She's like, just kind of uh, to be, you know, left alone. But before he leaves, he gives her a big surprise, which I found very sweet. But I was like, I think it was very sweet. But how it was described in the book is it in the same building? Because how big is this fucking building? His house is enormous, but yeah, he basically made a replica of her apartment inside his house, but better. It got yeah. like some wildlife flowers and everything. Yeah, like he upgraded everything. Yeah, so his office and her office had like a sliding door. Yeah, but she can lock it. Yeah. I mean, he got her like... He... So he said, like, you need your own privacy, you need your own space, you do your own investigations at home. So, like, you can barricade yourself in when I'm not here, you can barricade yourself in when I am here. And, yeah, I thought it was very sweet. It was very sweet, but she I, she never got anything as big as this, so she wasn't sure how to react. Yeah. And I think Rourke was used to, you know, a bit more emotion from his female. And she was just going, thanks. <laughs> like... You can see she liked it, but yeah. Yeah, so he was he was getting really worked up until she finds her thoughts again and gives him a big kiss goodbye and says thank you. The bit that I liked is as he was in the elevator, as the doors were closing, and she like said, I love you. And you could just see like, he smiled and that was it. If that was me, I would have like held the doors. I was like, hold the fuck up, bitch. Say it again. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> yeah. No, I thought that was very cute. Yeah, it was very sweet of him. He knew what, what to get her, to make her feel at least a little bit more comfortable in the house. Yeah. We moved to Eve visiting Finney, who was at work all night. And through the conversation, you could gather that he was sort of beating around the bush to get to the, the information that he was there for. Which is unusual, because, you know, usually he gives... He just... Info is info. There's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, he's a captain. He just, it's work. What he did find it's, is some information about the commander's wife. She's involved. Dun, dun, dun. When I read that, I had to, I reread that three times. I was like, the commander's wife. Did I mean Whitney? No, they can't mean Whitney. So then I kept reading. I was like, oh shit, it's his wife. Yeah. So Anna Whitney gave 200,000 to David. In four installments. Just before his mom died, and it stopped after that. So it did look like David was bleeding Anna for the finances. Yeah. It was from her personal account. So they have to go and tell the commander. And Feeney suggests to take old body armor they have in storage (laughs) (laughs) before they go and see the commander. So they were expecting some sort of... um, outburst of emotion but the commander just glared at them mostly yeah i mean you he was definitely trying to he was trying to get around procedure but he bit his tongue and let even feeny do the thing you could see every now and again he was like you're not gonna interrogate my wife and feeny was like yes we are you can be there if you want and he's like you had no choice i was gonna be there anyway. and that's how we leave chapter 10 so we're getting we're getting into the nitty-gritty part 
of the story. Yeah. What did you think the mother had done? Like, why? Not the mother, Whitney's wife. Well, at this point, because, well, air quotes, we don't know anything about it. I remember the first time I read this, I thought from, you know, she was having an affair with him and then, (laughs) you know, to they had some... I thought the same thing. You know, business on the side or... Uh, she needed to like buy something and couldn't do it directly because of her name which would get linked to the police so she was using him Mm. like I thought so many different scenarios what it could have been because it's such a random thing to do in a sense that you know they're so closely linked they could be just bizarrely anything from legal to illegal too outrageous. The thing about the affair was that was the first thing that came to my mind. But then he's her godson, and that would just be fucking weird. Chapter eleven threw me because, you know, their attorney's their daughter, and I was like, oh, oh no, yeah. this could not get any worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole family is involved. So chapter eleven starts is that we go speak to Anna directly, and on the way, Commander called his daughter because she's an attorney. And he asked her to represent through the interview. Why he would do that? Like, what if she was having an affair? You're just about to, like, this is your daughter. Oof. Oof. No, 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 no. I mean, from the looks of it, she's a really good attorney. Oh, yeah, yeah. She did, yeah. It was probably the safest and the quickest way to do it so that it doesn't get outside of the family, but she's still a good representative for her mother yeah anna is confused by the whole thing but eventually we eve catches her out yeah so eve first she asks about the money and anna was like i don't know what you're talking about and then anna asks about uh, her daughter if she needs to answer linda takes her mother away for a bit to see the whole story because linda obviously didn't know about what her mother was into (laughs) yeah yeah while they go do that Commander sort of compliments Eve on her interviewing skills, but it is very sarcastic, passive-aggressive sort of thing. Yeah. It was like a well done for catching her out, but this is my wife, so fuck you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's implying that she could have gone easier on his wife and Feeney defends her. And then I have this note, which I'm not... it, It won't have the full impact yet, but... As we read through these books, uh, I got a no- uh, like a, a notion of that this kind of thing happens quite regularly, that someone in Eve's circle gets in some kind of trouble. We've seen it in the previous one with Vork, now we're seeing it with the commander. Yeah. And this theme does continue. Oh, you're actually like fully correct on that too. Yeah, I didn't notice that until you pointed that out. Yeah, so I'm surprised that Eve hasn't kind of hasn't learned to sometimes somewhere be a bit softer. So she goes full cop. But I suppose I mean it's only been twice. Yeah, but I think that's that's why sort of our learning from it. Yeah. But with the, you know, the the amount of time that this is going to be a reoccurring theme, you would imagine that it would have been the statistics probability would have been the same before yeah. the book started. There's a hint, listeners. There is more to come from Eve's circle, and the next one, if I'm correct in thinking, is a big one. So his wife comes back in, 
they explain that he owed money to some really bad people. His mum and his dad didn't want to lend him the money and they told her not to either but then he came to her a few days later crying and like worried that they were going to kill him or kidnap him so she lent him the money. It was a loan and he, she has full faith that he's going to pay her back even though he has gambling debts and then their daughter catches Eva which I was quite surprised by because Eve kept saying like why didn't you volunteer this information the first two times I interviewed you and the daughter was like did you ask about their finances? And Eve said no. And she's like, well, then she had no reason to volunteer it. And I thought, oh, okay. Good for you, good for you. Well done. Yeah, Linda, I, get, I had the impression that Linda was a vet, is a good attorney. Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah, she did her job very well. And then she goes back home, right? She go, Well, she goes back to Rourke's place, which I guess you can call their home now. Yeah, so after they finish the interview, Eve really wants a drink. So she invites Mavis over to get drunk. And I love how Eve indulges in Mavis's excitement over her fascination of Rourke and the yeah. fancy wealth. She feeds off of her Mavis's excitement and just as equally feeds that excitement. Oh, I mean, she sent her a limo. Yeah, because she's like, let's do the whole thing. Let's send a limo after you. Because she was so excited to spend the night at Rourke's place. Yeah, she was like, Rourke's? Yes, I'll be there. I'll be there immediately. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the best bit was, like, Somerset thought... I thought... I got the impression that Somerset thought it was going to be a male companion for Eve. Yes, yes. Because... Um, and and Eve really sort of played on <laughs> yeah. that as well. Yeah. And then Mavis yeah. turns, turns up. And Somerset is so shocked by what comes through the door <laughs> that he doesn't yeah. know where to be horrified or enchanted by Mavis. Yeah, I mean, he tried to kiss her hand and he was like, nope, 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 nope. No, wait, what's going on? <laughs> and then he basically ran away. Like, he took a coat and he ran down the hallway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, pause for a second. I understand you probably might not um, appreciate the full amazement that I have, but air glided high heels. Oh. Bitch. I read that too. I was like, I need some sneaks to do that because... Nah. I mean, isn't that amazing? You're walking around in high heels, not actually walking. And you can't even feel it. I don't know. Oh, gosh, bitch. This kind of technology better come, but I don't want to wait for 2058. That's too far. I need it now. I'm not going to be wearing high heels by then. I have like two pairs because I cannot walk on them. So Eve takes Mavis on a tour. How many rooms does this place have? And how big is it? I think it's a it's a big mansion. But he has a solarium with trees, birds and yeah. waterfalls. Isn't that amazing? Not a pond, not a water feature, a waterfall. Mavis is so excited over a real fireplace that she says that I don't mind roasting in May if she, if that yeah. means she gets to have it through the night. I guess fireplaces are not common. At least we don't burn fossil fuels in the future, I guess. That would be, you know, a good thing. Yeah. But then, you know, fireplace isn't that common now either. It's not in, like, every single... Yeah, actually, that's a fair point. My mum's got disconnected because it was producing carbon monoxide. A lot <gasps> really? Of... Yeah. Oh, no. So the <laughs> electrician or something came around and he was like, your vent's broken and do you use this? I was like, yeah, I like being toasty. And he was like, well, I'm going to disconnect this because you might die. I was like, oh, okay. no. <laughs> good to know, good that's to so know. That's so sad. So real fireplaces. <laughs> We leave the girls to have a blast and we jump to Nadine busy slaving away at work. 
uh, on the footage they got in Eve's office. And we get to see how much Nadine loves her job. I mean, she really... And she's clearly very good. Yes, she's very good and she absolutely loves it. And we also meet her co-worker, Louise. Uh, They talk a bit before Louise goes to buy some cigarettes. Nadine asks her to pick some up for her and she will pay because she didn't want to go out in the rain. Yeah. Yeah, so Louise was like, okay, fine, but I'm taking a raincoat because it's pouring outside. They talk some more on the way. Uh, Louise tells her about her future plan- plans with her boyfriend, Bongo, I think is his name, right? His na- yeah, his name's Bongo. <laughs> we're going to get into that. <laughs> and Nadine was like going, who would want to, you know, Spend the rest of their settle life down with, with Bongo. <laughs> and Louise was like, me, see you later. Uh, Louise waves to the guard on her way out. And then she hunches from the wind and the rain. She doesn't want to get wet, but yeah. How everyone runs in the rain, I think, yeah. Yeah, and then she bolts outside. And then just seconds later, her throat gets slashed. And that is another victim of ours. We then jump back to even Mavis enjoying the evening in a pool. Very drunk at this point. Very drunk. Are they skinny dipping? It sounded like at least Mavis was skinny dipping. She was definitely not wearing clothes. Yeah, Mavis is half naked most of the time, so I'm not entirely sure on her clothing situation at that point. But Eve is wearing something. Okay, I wasn't sure because, yeah. Somerset comes in telling that Eve, uh, she gets the call obviously because she's a cop. She asks for the name of the victim, which was not given to her. And naturally, she thinks of the worst because, you know, she thinks the killer took the bait and they... Yeah, because it, it said there was a murder at Channel 75. Yeah, and they, you know, killed Nadine. I don't get why they don't tell things over. Like, this isn't the first time that they'd never tell things over. Um... I think it depends on what code it is because they did mention code yellow. Are the lines not secure? Because, like, this happened with Feeney. Uh, I want to say still this book. I just can't remember when. There's definitely been a time where he's not been able to say something over. Yeah, I think maybe because it would be on record or something. I'm not entirely sure. But I think it's just like a security measure rather than anything else. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, that's fair. So, Eve is distraught. She takes a sober up and is also surprised that Somerset helps her out of the pool and gets her car ready yeah. for her. Yeah, because she slipped and Somerset was there to catch her. And she's like, he's like, Lieutenant? Just felt like going, Butler? But, (laughs) never mind. (laughs) And that's how chapter 11 finishes. Oh, man. There's a lot more to that, like, Nadine and Louise thing. Mm. Yeah. So she's really beating herself up. Yeah. Uh, We start chapter 12 with Eve getting to channel 75. She recognizes the raincoat, and then she reaches to see the face She's shocked to see a stranger. So she's like, who the hell is this? Yeah. So the officer who secured the perimeter and everything says that... <laughs> she... Yeah, so they say that CJ Morris found her not long after he threw up nearby and came screaming for the lobby. I would like the listeners to remember this piece of information, please. Oh. He found the body 
he looked at it and had the reaction of a normal human being who saw a dead body for, well, I'm not sure if it was for the first time, but he probably doesn't see this quite often. Yeah. So he, you know, tossed his cookies in a nearby bush and then came in running through the lobby that someone was dead. Tossed his cookies? Yeah. Is this a saying? Yeah. Oh, okay, no. <laughs> it's not something <laughs> I, I came up with. Every day. <laughs> all right, then, all right, then. So, okay, is that what we're taking note of, that he threw up? Yeah, that he had this reaction and then he came out running like a madman screaming. You know, he found a dead body. We also meet a wonderful officer, Peabody. She made their to into the scene in five minutes. Um, she was close by in time, but by the time she got there, the word has spread around through the Channel 75, so we think that they got quite a bit of footage. So securing the crime scene from reporters this time is impossible. Yeah. Um, but I think Eve was quite impressed with what she did. Yes, yes. So Eve was impressed by the efficiency that Peabody performed. Mm-hmm. Eve goes to speak to Morse. Nadine is with him on screen on the news reporting live yeah yeah live reporting the crime that just happened outside their door that is so cold man while nadine fully knows that this throat slashing was intended for her i don't know how she could do that yeah she must have felt like she must have already felt so guilty and then so they show the graphic scene of the crime scene uh, Eve gets appalled by that uh, and rushes to shut down the broadcast. Uh, then Feeney gets there as well and she asks him to back her up. They threaten the worker who's running the broadcast to go to commercial. And I love how much Eve and Feeney are a team. Like, he picks up where she leaves off so fluently, so just smoothly. You're like, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing you're talking about the bit where they go, you look a a bit like a suspect. And then Feeney's like, yeah, he does look a bit like a suspect. (laughs) Does he look like a cold-hearted killer to you? He's like, yeah, definitely. (laughs) I was just thinking that. Maybe we should take him in. (laughs) It was amazing. So they shut down the broadcast and she tells Morris to get into Cop Central and Nadine asks to go with. Mm. So we move into interrogating CJ Morris. Um, she asks him to give her a rundown through his evening. Accounts. Yeah, and he's acting like a very shocked man. He keeps talking about blood and that he made him sick and that he got scared and went running into the building, screaming his head off. Then we go and talk to Nadine. She's looking rough now. Nothing left of the makeup that she was while she was live broadcasting. And I think the friendship has, like, kind of disappeared. Like, not the friendship, but the friendliness between those two. Because, like, Eve was clearly unimpressed and Nadine was not in the mood. Yeah, Eve was unimpressed. Yeah, Nadine is stressed. And Eve was not impressed because they have accommodated the killer by giving him the satisfaction of airtime right after the kill. But we do get Nadine's story of the evening as well which we have already read before, that they were talking and she left. Yeah. Eve didn't really dive much into CJ's story. Like, he was still not 
present. Like he said that he had dinner at seven, went home, napped for a couple of hours, left his house or flat or whatever at 10, giving himself an right. extra bit of time. And he got to the crime scene at around 11.15. That still doesn't account for the hour and 15 minutes yeah. that he was not there. Obviously he was driving for some of it or whatever transport he takes. I don't know. I felt like it wasn't a very thorough interview, but I'm not a cop, so I don't know. What she 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 would have been just asking him the same question over and over. There's no way to um check how long he was driving, perhaps. Or you know, and then it just gets into she needs to check the security cameras to see mm, yeah, no, maybe perhaps when he got there or something. So like, I, I don't think there was much to interrogate him on rather than just uh, writing down what time he says he got there. Yeah, that's true. And I then suppose, seeing yeah. if that checks out by something. Yeah. I noticed something else about what you said about for view, for listeners to take note. He was at all the other crime scenes. So why does this one make him throw up? Because he was on scene before cops, no? At the other ones? No. He just got there very fast. Oh, okay. Oh, so maybe he didn't see the body. Mm. So before he might have not seen the body as close up as this one. Yeah. But I still want listeners to take note of that reaction that he has because... Just (laughs) because... In about two... One or two more episodes... When we discuss the last few chapters, mm. this will come up, mm. and I would like the listeners to appreciate the detective skills of the full picture. <laughs> <laughs> the full picture. <laughs> so yeah, I think those were a good few chapters. Yeah, and like before, I kind of thought that C.J. Morse was the killer. I'm not gonna lie, because he was—he's always on scene. Always. Yeah, he's always on scene. He's not the nicest kind of... He's not the nicest character. He is very career-driven, so he wants to have these kind of, like, reports so that he can cover them and get more airtime and etc. etc. So, but this reaction just doesn't seem like, Something. you know... Someone who killed two other people would have... Yeah, if you kill two other people with this kind of method, you're not going to be tossing out cookies. You know what to expect, yeah. <laughs> tossing cookies. Right? You're not going to be like, oh my god, so gross. How can this happen? And then just go throw up and then come in screaming like a madman and cry in, in the interrogation, sweating and being appalled by the situation. So now I don't think it's him. Yeah. But that is the end of this episode. Indeed. It was very quick. It was very efficient. Yeah. But we hope you enjoyed it. That you had fun with us. Thank you for joining us on another episode. We're available on all your favorite audio platforms, including Amazon Music. If you like this episode, give us some love by liking, rating or sending us a message. And telling your friends about it in case they'll like our podcast too. Ooh. And as always, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.